The early light of morning invaded the room, chasing the demons of darkness. Paul lay still, his eyes watching the shafts of sunlight piercing the holes of his shade. He didn't want to move, didn't want to get up. His bed felt safe. He rolled over, covering his head with the blanket, wanting to bury himself and pretend this day had never come. He couldn't believe his new reality. It happened with the suddenness of a lightning strike. Life rolled by with the efficiency of the railroad, making milestones in everyday events. Then, one day, they noticed a new pattern. There were headaches. Premenstrual, postmenstrual, hormonal, and stress-related. Oh, there was a sensible reason for all the signs leading up to the big kahuna. Numbness in her fingers. Well, he told her she was exercising too much. Maybe it was that damn chiropractor she'd started seeing. Carpal tunnel syndrome seemed like an easy excuse. They never thought of a brain tumor. Ha! She was 34. Who got brain tumors at 34? Hopeful, they entered the cancer treatment center hand-in-hand, hand, planning on battling this thing together. First came all the tests. Cat scans, PET scans, MRIs. Every day there was a new test to see what the next step should be. Paul had never heard of any of these types of tests. He never thought it would become a part of his daily lexicon. He became adept at record-keeping. The fancy leather-bound calendar the kids had presented to him for his birthday began to fill with appointment after appointment, and he became the one to keep everything straight. Allison had always run the show. He worked, and she was the planner. But she had retreated, shocked by the diagnosis. She curled inward, making him the point person, the ringmaster. Two-hour-long commutes to the best doctors in the city, waiting rooms filled with hopeful candidates, stories swapped of miracles, and science fiction-like treatments. Paul wrapped his boundless energy into keeping Allison's spirits up. Rallying her, he promised they would do whatever they had to do to overcome this obstacle. It all seemed unreal to them when they got the first results. Mute with shock, they received the news in total disbelief, but the wormhole of cancer beckoned, sucking them in relentlessly. Now that he had lived in that universe, he knew the difference between a PET scan and a CAT scan. He could give a lecture on what to do if there was a fever or how to guard against infection. Constipation became a conversation starter. Blood counts, iron deficiencies, and steroids, they were all part of his vocabulary. He learned about white blood cell counts and all the dangers that could incite a setback. He knew what Reiki could do or the power of music at a bedside. He spoke to anyone who could help them and shared his own information as well. His entire existence was dedicated to helping his wife in any way he could. Certainly, surgery could have worked. He remembered grasping at straws, rooted out, cut it away, dangerous, of course, but with lasers a sure thing. Only minor lateral damage, the doctors thought. Nothing they couldn't handle. But after a long 12-hour day of surgery and waiting, it was still there on the next scan. A small dot, resistant. Chemo and radiation would handle that. It worked for that actress. Yes, that one. She wore a headscarf at the Oscars. Hell, Michael Douglas had throat cancer, and a year later was starring in movies again. He was making late-night appearances on the talk show circuit while he was in treatment. See... Cancer doesn't have to interrupt your life. If it worked for them, then it would work for Allison. Why not? She never even smoked. Only it didn't work. And Paul and Allison and everyone who loved them fell into the rabbit hole of despair. They tumbled down, 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 where nothing makes anything feel better. How do you tell your mother you will not outlive her? How do you prepare your children? You won't be there for prom, graduations, or weddings. Lastly, 
How do you share with your partner, your best friend, that he will be alone for the rest of his life? Paul, the husband and father, had disappeared, and he became a person running on autopilot, going from one hope to the next, trying anything for a cure, until he realized he had to change his tactics to be satisfied that he'd brought her an ounce of peace. He read every book to ease Allison's travail, but it was all for nothing. Tears pooled in Paul's eyes, and he let them slide down in self-pity. His chest ached with hollow despair. He wanted to hold her. He needed her to stroke his head, like she did when she miscarried, and make him feel his misery was not alone. He missed her with every fiber of his being and didn't want to talk to anyone anymore, ever again.